A long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Vorkosicast. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. Um, today we are discussing Cetaganda. But first we have a couple of items to, to highlight. Um, the first is a little bit of news about the latest Vorkosigan novella, The Flowers of Vashnoi, which is now available for purchase on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Anywhere else? I think that's it. Okay. Um, and you've already finished it, correct? Yes. I, um, I, so I have mentioned that Goodreads doesn't like to show me loves Lois McMaster Bujold's blog posts. <laughs> I really <laughs> hate the Goodreads platform. Um, it's like, because I follow her as an author there mm-hmm. and I subscribe to her blog and you'd think it would show up like in my news feeds or give me a notification, but it doesn't. But nothing. So Aww. I finally figured out, I, I was like, well, I'll just add it to my Feedly. And now that works. So I got the update that the Flowers of Ashinoi was live. And actually, I saw the first post that was her saying she was going to do a spoiler post mm-hmm. and i was like oh wait is it out yet is it out yet and then it, i realized it had just come out yesterday so i was like yay not just ye- devoured not, it not yesterday yesterday but the day before i saw this so right. i i purchased it i think it was last thursday and i didn't get a chance to read it right away because of writing stuff but i finished it that weekend i finished it sunday morning and it was really good um, it's, you know, it's a novella, so it's short. I think it took me, I think it said like reading time was two hours, like on the Kindle or whatever, but it probably, oh, it's super short. Yeah. So, um, it was really like a long lunch break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, uh, it, in the chronology, it takes place the summer after Captain Vorpetrel's Alliance, um, okay. which is, uh, Ivan turns 35 in that book. So Miles okay. would be around 30, 34. Um, so, um, so I think Pro- Miles is probably 35 in, in this, the novella. But, um, okay. so, uh, it features Miles, obviously, and two characters we haven't met yet who are Ekaterin and Enrique Borgos, who is introduced in a civil campaign. And as f- I believe that's really the only other book he's in so this i think it's like enrique and yes enrique okay so this is his only other appearance i think um unless he shows up later in the books i haven't read yet but um it was really it was really good um it's all ekaterin's point of view who i just adore she she is very much like um cordelia but mm-hmm. she's a Berearan. So it's mm. if Cordelia had been born and raised on Berear, like it's interesting. Yeah. And y- y- I mean, you can tell why Miles likes her so much <laughs> just from that description. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to, if you have a good relationship with your parents, you're like, well, I want to marry, you know, 
yeah. my dad or my mom or right, whatever. Right. Not in a creepy Oedipal right. way. But, you know, you admire who they are. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not like an action packed book. It's more of a character driven piece and it mm-hmm. takes place in the, um, the Verkozigan district and gets into all of, all of the, remnants of the horrors of war and is you know ends up being very poignant but is also like pretty funny um and uh i i really enjoyed it and i was like oh man i miss these i miss these characters even though i'm reading them right now you know (laughs) Uh, so um we're gonna add i can't wait to get that far yeah like I'm, I'm, you know, we've talked at length for almost two years about a civil campaign <laughs> and how um, romance in space yeah. is like, that's the most me thing. Because the other thing, I'm, how would any of you know this? But the, right. One of the other genres I really love reading is romance novels, historical romance specifically. <laughs> I mean, so this sort of like just mushes all of my favorite things together. Yeah, a civil campaign. A civil Wait. campaign is is it's like a historical romance. Like it's exactly what it is. I mean, there are, there are other parts to it. It's not just a romance, but it's right. very yes, much of like course. that. But the uh, the idea of combining sci fi and romance yeah. in space is like, <laughs> ah, yeah. like the angels sing. And End I'm a wedding. Go ahead. And a wedding, oh, which is my other favorite thing. <laughs> Yeah, because um, I have been obsessed with the royal wedding this week. <gasps> right? I'm so sad we aren't discussing a civil campaign right now. I like, know we should have plotted that better. Like, the, we really should have made that happen a little bit better. The tour.com uh, reread is on a civil campaign right now, which is very ah! very good. <laughs> but like, yeah, the whole time I was watching the royal wedding, I was thinking about like you know their uniforms and all the protocol, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Ah, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh, I wish, I wish we could have managed that, but well, we didn't. It's okay. Yeah, you know what we should do? We should rewatch the yes. royal wedding. Yes, before yes. we do a civil campaign. Agreed. We uh, will. We can watch both uh, of and them. I, and I vote. Yes. Okay, are we can. Oh, that's a great idea. I wonder if there's like historical footage of. Well, it, it would be too early for Elizabeth's wedding, but like. We can what de- like film footage? Yeah, definitely too early for that. But her her coronation was filmed. Well, the, her coronation was broadcast. Yeah, we can and, watch. And um, there is some footage of her like getting out of the vehicles and you know all that yeah. kind of stuff. We can um, watch Diana's I know this. Diana's wedding. Mm-hmm. Diana's wedding. We can watch. Oh, that was a that was a train wreck. <laughs> There was so much fluff happening there. It you couldn't even the see that poor 80s. girl. It's, you know. I know. But you should wear the dress. Your dress shouldn't wear you. <laughs> yes, that is true. And that dress wore her. All you can see is, like, her face. Her head is covered with that veil. The rest of her is covered with that bouquet <laughs> and that fluff. It's like um, um my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> that is exactly what it's like. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. I don't know much about that wedding because it happened. I mean, I've seen it several times, but it happened when we were so young. Yeah. Were um, we even alive then? I think yeah, so. I think it was 81, wasn't okay, it? Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, I was. Willi- I think we William's were 35, infants. I think. Right. Let's so. see. Um, 
<laughs> it was. I'm but, looking it up because now I have to know. Yeah. Nineteen eight July 29, 1981. So I was like four months old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, I'm I'm excited. But we're going to discuss it when we get to um, Diplomatic Immunity, which okay. is the book before um, Captain for Patrol's Alliance, only because it makes more sense since... It's a mile. It's a, a Catherine and Miles focused story, and uh, right. and um, and it doesn't make sense talking about it when we're talking about Ivan, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's not in that story at all. So, but yeah, um, it was okay. It was good. I, I enjoyed it, and um, excellent. Our, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. So, and our second piece of. I get not it's really super news. exciting news. Sorry. Yeah. I got excited for a minute. It's super exciting. It's not really news, but it is something awesome that happened. Um, I don't know. I think it's news. Yeah, it's news yeah. for us. Yeah. So um, on our last podcast, uh, we received a comment from none other than Lois McMaster Bujols. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we, we, we geeked out a little bit about that. We did. I was... Brian, Brian uh, sent me a message at work, and he's like, uh... Lois and Pastor Bourgeois just commented on the blog, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I went and looked at it, and I was like, oh my god. And then, of course, I had to, like, go back and, like, listen to the podcast listen to again. What we said. Because I'm like, oh my god, did yep. I say something stupid? Did I say something mean? Did I say anything bad? Well, I don't think we would say anything mean. Yeah, I mean, not mean, but like, you know, we, you know, I mean, we <laughs> we're going to talk we, about uh, look, not liking Sitaganda. Neither one of us are thrilled with Sitaganda, but all the rest, like if you, yeah. I was talking about it with my boyfriend tonight, and when you write this much, there's bound to be something that doesn't resonate. Right. Like I was thinking with, today, with like, you know, and this is getting into more of our feelings of Sitaganda, but I have read... 12 Verkozinga books so far. And uh-huh. I can't say I dislike any of them. Like, right. I, I don't dislike Setaganda. It's not my favorite Verkozinga book. Um, right. But it wasn't what I, it, it, well, we can get into that in a minute, but <laughs> yes. I didn't dislike it. Right. I just, it's not, it, I didn't have the same feelings about the characters as I did in the other books. Right. And so. there are books I have there, n- not in this series, but there have been books that I hated, mm-hmm. hated, mm-hmm. or was completely bored by. This was none of that. But right. in the overall series of how much I've loved the other books, right? It's not high on my list. She's of- just too good at all the other stuff. That's the problem, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> when when yeah when your when your level of authorship is as high as it is for everything else, like. Yeah, it, it, you can't be perfect all the time, right? Although, who doesn't want to be, right? I know. If I could be half as perfect as she is, I'd be happy with my, oh my writing. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah, we, I mean, I was. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not saying I we were so like it was funny because 
if you remember last episode, we were talking about pronunciation. Um, yes, because I listen to the audiobooks for yeah. most of these because I spend a lot of time in the car. So that's why so you say Cetaganda, whereas I say Setaganda, and it's exactly. Ceta. Okay, it, I need yep. to change so that, that. That's a Grover, and now I know his name is Grover. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Robin, he's like my friend. Yeah, go ahead and read her comment for our listeners. So... She said to us, just as a point of order, it's pronounced dead dairy as the E in beat, which is how we said it to start with. Yeah. Um, But anyway, Grover, the narrator, had it wrong in some of the early recordings, the production of which, ha, did not match either the publication or the internal (laughs) chronological (laughs) order of the book. Oh, no. So how confusing for that poor guy. Yeah. And me. Now that I'm trying to figure out which came, which was produced when, so I know what the correct pronunciation is. Um, in parentheses, he was apparently thinking it was like Latin nomenclature, which it is not. Okay. The Bleakman, which we also <laughs> spoke about, is even more of a private joke than it seems, as the name Berear is sort of co- cod, code Russian? What yeah, is, I think is that so. what it said? I think so, oh. yeah. For Bleak Valley. Have fun, best Lois. It's so nice. Thank you so um, much. Thank you. Um, yes. If you're listening um, to this again, we thank you for actually listening to our podcast. Because yes. I thought, you know, I Brian was like, oh, she commented on the blog. And I was like, oh, like maybe, you know, because I knew someone had told her about it. Um, one of our listeners. Thank you for uh, Patty for um, listening and telling her about the podcast. But I thought, you know, it's just gonna be like, oh, you know, I heard about Thanks the podcast. Good this, job. You know. you know, whatever. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, wait, she actually listened. Like, this is like, in like response really to, listened. Like, cause, <laughs> and it's not like just the introduction. This is like into the podcast. So. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> thank for, you. Um, listening, listening and validating <laughs> that we do this once a month mm-hmm. so yeah so. i it's um i so i initially pronounced den, it dendari um mm-hmm. but i i i i mean dendar dendari makes sense i can get used to saying that um well, i could I, not get used to dendari dendari yeah and the first audiobooks i was listening to were dendari which ah, is correct yes and okay. then, as I moved on in them, it was Dendarii, and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't." So I'm what? guessing he. I'm guessing they did though the earlier audiobooks later, since she it said they out. were out of order. Everything is out of order, so who knows how anything is pronounced? <laughs> out of order. Um. So yeah, that was. So we're just gonna rely on Lois. Yeah. You know, we if can just we're ask her all the time. Wrong, please it's let fine. us know. <laughs> Twitter, blog, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's really glad she doesn't have Twitter right now because I'd just be like, how do you pronounce? <laughs> no other questions. This reminds nothing me like of deep, nothing. Yeah. Just be like, excuse me. Well, because I find that stuff annoying. Like, that stuff is like, you know, for interviews and podcasts. Yep. Like mm-hmm. like when I talk to authors on Twitter, I really just want to ask like a one-off question or who do you envision this character looking like or how do you pronounce this name? Yep. <laughs> you know? Which is hard. Yep. It's hard to ask that in a written medium, but Yeah. 
Unless you're using international phonetic alphabet, which no one can type anyway, so oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of one of the, f- I think the second time I ever met Timothy Zahn at a convention, mm-hmm. I, it was a, it was a local convention, um, not super crowded. So like there were times when, you know, he had, he had people at his table and then there are times when like, you know, I'd go up and there would be no one behind me for like 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. I went and saw him every day. <laughs> <laughs> um and the first time do you go i'm sorry finish your oh, story. i was saying so the first time like i went and talked to him and got my book signed i went back again and then i was like can i ask you some pronunciation questions and he's like <laughs> sure so i literally just spent like five minutes asking him how to pronounce what different names um i think it was sabioth uh-huh. which i th- i might have butchered but it was it was i had said it kaboth uh-huh. Which, for listeners who don't know Star Wars, it's C apostrophe B A O T H. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like it's really Sabioth, um, which took me a long time to to correct my correct my pronunciation. Also, fa- failure, which I yes, had failure. I, I would say failure, failure. <laughs> well, that's a, anything that has an apostrophe in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Who who knows? Yeah. Um, Myth- Mithra Neroto is exactly oh, yeah. as it as it's as it's written. So that's yeah. easy. That's easy. <laughs> Mithra- is relative. Mithra Neroto. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. So Timothy. Fun fact about me: Timothy Zahn is one of the like two people in the world that makes me feel starstruck. <laughs> um. Right. And- Again, for people that don't know my background, I used to work in Hollywood and I had a number of like A-list clients and like that just celebrity just does not affect me very mm-hmm. much. Nope. I can't even speak to Tim Zahn. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like all, all the times we've been to DragonCon, I haven't like brought you up to him and just been like, hey. I, I spoke to him at Celebration very briefly, but then and and I'm... I will tell, I made a friend in the grocery store today. Like I literally made a friend in the hot sauce aisle. I will talk to anyone about anything and I can't talk to Tim's on. I just can't. I get too like verklempt. I don't know. Mm. So that's my, uh, he's like the one celebrity, one of maybe two that I just can clam up about. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) A Star Wars author. Not like movie stars or... Nope. Mm-mm. Well, because he's been, you know, s- such a pivotal figure in our lives for so I know, long. And I know, and I just, it, I just find it amusing. But yeah. like, he's the he's the most approachable, nice. Yeah. Like, I remember. Like, uh-huh. um, I remember last year. Um, it, no, it was two years ago at Celebration. Uh, not Celebration. Dragon Con. I was on a panel on about Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and one of the um, produ- writers of the show was on with us, and I was sitting right next to him, and I was like, "This is really weird. Like, I'm on a panel <laughs> with this like guy, you know, the the writer of the show." And then um, they called us uh, the track director. Like, we kind of all huddled up before the panel, and I'm like what are we guys talking about? And they're like, she's like, yeah, so um, Tim Zahn is going to come crash the panel about 45 minutes through. And I'm like, 
what? What? <laughs> no what? one told I'm me be about on a this. Panel with Tim Zahn. I was like, crap, 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 crap. Because I mean, I've been, I've been to Dragon Con so many times. I've done panels at Dragon Con for like five years. Like it's old hat now. But right. like, I haven't really been on panels with, you know, so, quote unquote celebrities. celebrities. Like usually yeah. it's other fans. The closest I ever did was I moderated a panel with Chuck Wendig for the aftermath book mm-hmm. which was really awesome and i was really nervous about it because yep. it was me and that was him. a super fun panel yeah i mean he was super nice you know he just you know was normal normal guy um but like yep. like tim is like a person i have admired for like 20 some odd 25 years five years or something yeah oh my like god <laughs> shoot me in the head yeah uh, so yeah. yeah so yeah so yeah i was like oh my god i'm like gonna freak out but i was like trying to be cool because i'm like i don't need to say anything like he's just you know he's just gonna talk and right. so i t- i like got on my phone and under the table i was like robin where are you <laughs> and you're like i'm in so-and-so why and i'm like come to the star wars track room tim's on is crashing our panel and you're like be right there <laughs> i'll be right there <laughs> yep and I dragged three people across, <laughs> like, the sea of 60,000 people that attend Dragon Con so that yeah. we could uh, catch Tim Zahn at the panel. It was great. We have sure gone did. off track so much for keeping Sorry, this guys. podcast to an hour. <laughs> but well, anyway. you know. We might still make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We pro- I have a, I have a lot of things to say about Cita 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 Ganda Cita Seta. Yeah. Whatever. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll move on to the actual book, the shall actual we? Book. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. Cita Ganda. I'm I'm training myself. Was first published in October through December 1995. In Analog Magazine and published by Bain as a full novel in January 1996. It was written in between Mirror Dance and Memory, which take place later in the timeline when Miles is 28 and 29, respectively. Cedaganda jumps back in time to when Miles is 22 and a newly minted lieutenant, officially a courier officer for Impsec, but really running missions for the Dendari. So, um, yes. So can you imagine reading the books as they're coming out and like you read Mirror Dance, which we haven't read yet. So, you know, I'm reading it now. You are reading. Good. Have you read any more of it? Or are you still on your true, oh, no, cri- true crime? <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've, I've gone past my true crime. Oh, I'm in okay. chapter 10 or 11, maybe. <gasps> oh, you didn't. Um, we have to talk after the podcast is okay. over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I... It it would have been really weird reading Mirror Dance and like getting to the end of and it then coming and back then to going it. back in time, um, yeah. which you know, I mean Mirror Dance. One of the main characters is Mark, um, who we'll meet later. But um, like it would be really weird to like have that whole like plot going on and then this goes back in time. Like it feels yep. like it should have been written like maybe after Memory. Which is kind of like the end of of not the end, but a bookend, um, mm-hmm. and marks a change in Miles' life. Arc. But uh-huh. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, um, so yeah, it's it, it, it would have been it would have been interesting, uh, and I you know it's it's weird because like at first I thought like well maybe I don't 
I'm not as into this book because like her writing style is different. Like maybe this is one of the first books she wrote, but no, this is right. like much later. And I'm just like, okay, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, in terms of, uh, and I mean, neither one of us, and we've had discussions about this outside of the podcast, obviously. Yeah. Um, neither one of us were as into this book as we have been in the others. Yes. I mean, I am like all for it in all the other ones. And this one just didn't really grab my attention. Yeah. And we had a long talk about that the other day. Yeah. And you brought up something that I hadn't thought through yet Mm -hmm. about why it wasn't, it just wasn't as attention grabbing. Yeah. Um, yeah, most, I, so I, I, I read it pretty, pretty recently. Um, like usually I, I, I was getting ahead of myself with the, the reread and I was like, no, mm-hmm. I need to slow down. So I made myself sit, sit down, you know, I made myself, um, slow down and I, so I, and I, I was like, I need to push through this one because it, I, I'm gonna, it's going to take me to the end of the month and I don't want to do that. So I, yep. I actually, I actually, it actually did not take me that long. I, I liked this book more the second time around, just like I thought I would. Like I, I was more into the characters and, um, I, I think overall, I think the mystery is very good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of Miles and Ivan being thrown into this weird culture that they have no idea about where they're the, like, fish out of waters, you know? Yep. And, um, or fish out of water and the waters. What the, what the hell, Nancy? Like a bridge over troubled <laughs> <Yeah>. waters. <laughs> but, um. Time. Yeah. So, um, like, I, I like that all idea and everything. And the plot is, you know, it's, it's, it's fast paced. There are like, there are things that are hap- that happen that are genuinely like shocking and frightening. Like the thing mm-hmm. with the rug, like is terrifying. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and the climax of the book is genuinely like, thrilling like i find my i found myself really into what was going to happen even though i knew you know generally that things were going to save the day and like you know ivan sort of leading everyone to the rescue was sort of hilarious knowing what we know about ivan and not wanting to be competent right (laughs) but um but as i'm reading it i'm just realizing i'm just kind of not caring and i realize it's because the stakes are really high for the set of Gandans or Seed of Gandans, and I don't care about them because they are the enemy. Right. And the stakes are relatively low for Miles and Ivan. Right. Like, I mean, Miles is doing this to prove a point. Like, mm-hmm. this whole thing did not have to happen if Miles had just told someone what had happened at the beginning of the book. And I mean, it is very in character for Miles not to do that, which is why it's 100%. so frustrating. But it's also like, okay, he's really just doing this for his own pride. Um, yep. Like, he, I mean, his life is in danger at, at these times, but like... But he's done it to himself. Yeah. And if he had told somebody about it in the beginning... Those wouldn't have happened. I mean, and, and honestly, even if the, the Cetagandan Empire had had troubles, Miles and Ivan and, and Berear could have figured out a way out of it. Right. Out of that trouble. I mean, they do, like, Miles does does make points that, you know, um, they're, they're trying to pin this on Berear. 
Um, you know, they want to spark another war. And considering like how contentious the relationship are between Cetaganda and Berear, that's, you know, not that far out of the realm of possibility. Of course. Um, but like to my and you know, Miles there are times when Miles' life is in danger, but like Miles is a type of character where his life is in danger so often, it's not a high enough stake for me to be worried anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not just because, like, oh, I know he'll survive, but because, like, I want to know what's in it for him personally, you know? Right. And, like, yes, in the Vore game, his, or in the Vore game, his life is in danger at times, but what you're really worried about is, if is he going to save Gregor? That's yes. that's yeah. the big thing. You know, in the Warrior's Apprentice, it's not is he going to live? It's um, you know, what the hell happens with Sergeant Bathari like once he dies. Right. And we know that he lives. Yeah. And then at least for like several more books. <laughs> yeah. And then like and then in you know, Warrior's Apprentice, it you know, it's it becomes much more high stakes for him when he goes home and there's a plot against you know him and he could possibly be killed for treason you know so this book not until the very end did i feel some sort of stakes for miles when after the whole the whole plot is over with and he is given the order of merit like that to me is like the most threatened miles has been in this entire book and like when you're reading it for the first time you might be like oh, that's, you know, kind of weird. Later on, like, now that I'm, like, head deep in this series, I'm like, oh, shit, like, it is not good that Miles has this. <laughs> right. So. um, And I, I did, it did pick up toward the end of the book for me. Right. Um, Not just that scene, not just that section, but when it really gets going and like the Hope women have this plot and they're racing across and falling off buildings in their float bubbles, like I was finally starting to get really into it. Yeah. Um, But the lead up to that uh, was slow for me. It took me a while to get through this book. Right. Um, Now, again, when I got sort of toward the last third... I was like, ooh, push play again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the setup for it didn't engage me. Yeah. And there are parts, you know, I really like. Um, and it, but it, it was really just that whole like stakes thing. It, it, it's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is more of like one of the novellas. Like, I can see that. Like, I yeah. mean, I've read all of the novellas now, and, um, you know, most of them are, like, sort of smaller stories, um, and, you know, they don't have, like, huge changes in, in the, you know, the characters or, you know, huge plots, but, you know, they, they have, you know, some, you know, some changes for the characters and it's just it's just smaller stories you know and i feel like if this had been a novella it might have been it might have been more like okay it's just like a side story you know right 
Um, And I, but at the same time, like, I don't want to say it's not necessary to read this book because it does have an effect later on in the series. Um, Diplomatic immunity uses a lot from this book and diplomatic immunity is also not my fave, but, um, but I mean, you, you really need to read both. And it does a great job of setting the scene for, how the Barry Arons and the Cedagandans are yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. And it does a really great job at that world building and giving you a background yeah. for what this conflict is. Mm-hmm. I, um, I would have really loved if more had been explored regarding um, like a the idea of miles helping the Cinegandan empire like he 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 thinks about that a lot but it seems like it's it's sort of something that's in the back of his mind you know and uh-huh. not like maybe i shouldn't be helping these people what is going to be the actual um consequences of me doing this if they find out that i'm right. doing this as an impsec officer um also he worries later on at the end is his cover still intact um and there's that whole really awesome scene with the colonel uh veridi when like miles is dancing around you know is he on here on assignment from ilion or not right (laughs) and you know i that that's when i started really getting into it more again um because like Miles's cover is such a huge part of who he is and I feel yep. like like especially when you read like Brothers in Arms and Mirror Dance and you go back to this it's like okay wait he's in the Dendari at this point in time he should be like way more concerned about Admiral Naismith and that and not identity. blowing that cover yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep so um before we get into like the nitty gritty of the book um one of the things i love about the rokozigan saga as a whole is the world building um and for setaganda um i just love the fact that like these are like their actual places <laughs> mm-hmm. like um so like all of the like the the star like ta ta seti is an is this is an actual star um Edaseti is an actual star mm-hmm. um and they're all in the, the uh the Cetus um constellation but yeah like i i'm looking at the wikipedia now and there is like um of course they're written in like greek so it's really hard to <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to parse but like but then yep. but the eight planets are like actual like stars um, That's amazing. Yeah, so I love I love the whole idea that these like places Are, could actually science in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I like the this whole series uses science, um, but not in a way where it becomes um, it's like prohibitive to certain audiences. If you mm-hmm. know, what I mean. like like you don't need to like. It's it's not like reading a Michael Crichton book where he like does a whole crap ton of research on like 
dinosaurs, dinosaurs. <laughs> and like cloning and all of that and it's right. like i mean not to say those books aren't good but they're you know definitely like he has done his research and he wants you to know that whereas this is like right. you know lois mcmaster it's almost a throwaway is, yeah and what she's doing like she she bases this series in science but it's it's not hard sci-fi it's it's space opera right but you know they can't go faster than light they 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 do their whole space battles based on like physics and stuff and so they make up all this stuff but like but then there's also like a Catarin's whole thing is like flowers and gardening and i'm really oh. interested in you to get there to see like how accurate that is because yeah. it's very much like space gardening but oh i my god but i space read it gardening and space <laughs> romance oh my nancy <laughs> But I read like someone wrote these books for me. I know. But like I read it and I'm like, this sounds legit. <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> if this is true, but I think it sounds legit. Like, and the same thing, like with um I mean, there's just like lots of little things from the from the series that does that. Like, I'm like, I'm wondering if Lois Master Patrol got really into gardening at this point, or if she'd always been into gardening because, like, she's like, I'm gonna write a book about gardening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I might do that. Yeah. I honestly, I try to put flowers into like everything I do yeah. in my daily life. So yeah. I would not shock me. In fact, I would be like, oh, a kindred spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and like this book has a lot to do with like genes and like, mm -hmm. you know, they have the gene bank and the star, the star, star crush and the, and... and the great key, which is like more, which is more of like a, like computer security thing. But like, you know, I, I don't read this and think, oh, Lois McMaster Bujold is a is a expert in genetics, but I feel no. like she at least knows what she's talking about and is creating a credible, were you know, idea right. here. She's used she's used our science to build a whole uh, to make this word world feel real. Yeah, exactly. Um, rather than it just feeling super foreign and, um out of touch with what we understand yeah she's still they're using our rules mm -hmm. so it makes it feel like much more relatable yeah yeah and i i feel like i mean it's the whole like the whole wormhole nexus seems mm -hmm. like very much like based in like even though it's like far future and you know the the idea of wormholes is so crazy to us now like she tries to have everything like based in some sort of reality and the fact that these characters are people you can relate to you know mm -hmm. and i think that's one of my problems with cedaganda as a book and cedagandans as the as society people. because uh -huh. i cannot relate to them at all like mm -hmm. i mean i mean the gem maybe a little like um benin the 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 gem general who they who uh -huh. um comes and talks to them and that is our he's a colonel but later he becomes a, a general he's he's really the only one who seems normal <laughs> um yeah the hot are just all like, the rest of them you're like what yeah like i i can i mean there the 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 scene at the end with with Pell and Nadina 
is is mm-hmm. a little more like I like Pell. Like she seems like she's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, it, it's like it's like if you got to meet the queen, <laughs> like you'd be like, you are just so far in another far world from yeah. Yeah. Like I don't and like like we we talked about this before about Miles's reaction to Ryan dead how do you, okay how do they say in your the name? Book, it's in the, the Grover says Deg TR. Deg TR. Okay. Yeah. See, I always flipped those two letters. I don't know why uh-huh. when I read it and would say like so I I was pronouncing it Detgeier and then as I was reading it again I'm like wait no the G comes first. I do that sometimes. Yeah, it was um just looking at the names we have on the list here. Balora. Yeah. Ryan Degtiar. Yeah. Um Pell Nandina Ketty. That's all pretty normal yeah um gum colonel benin uh, oh is it benin he said benin and veridae veridae oh i said veridae oh okay i i I don't know though yeah because you know who knows (laughs) at this point what about Um, the emperor's name Fletcher Gaiaja was how weird. it was pronounced in the audiobook. Fletch- I like Fletcher better because it sounds more <laughs> spacey than like Fletcher. You Fletcher. Know? Yeah, every Fletcher. time you say it, I was like, how? What? It sounds that's like a, a human name. A weird name. Yeah. I mean, I guess you like know, you they said, are human, but you know what I mean. Right, but like for this society, Fletcher, <laughs> it's sort of it's like when you when you when we i first told you about mark and you're like mark mark yeah no so fletcher and mark belong together in the underwhelming um, category uh, yeah but everybody else everything else is uh fairly straightforward yeah but yeah so it's 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 it, i just found it really hard for me to relate to this whole like society and like it's just it's weird. It's weird. I don't. It's very strange. I don't and like I, to judge fictional societies, but it's weird. <laughs> right. I just had some trouble, like processing. And I know that obviously this is coming from my own point of view. Yeah. And um, but I had a hard time processing the Hote women. Yes. Um, and the way that they're revered, but they don't ever get to do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. they don't leave their float bubbles. They don't, um, you know, they're not seen in public. It's it's this weird, but then they have these super important jobs in the Star Crash and right. things like that. So it's this very strange keeping them hidden kind of deal but yet revering them right and i just i have a hard time wrapping my brain around that yeah like it's almost easier for us to understand the Barrarian um just sexist society because yep. yep. <laughs> i mean we've had I, it yeah i get that <laughs> um and I had I was having a conversation with a friend of mine megan about this book um mm-hmm. a few weeks ago um and she was saying how it seemed like it was like trying to say something about like gender roles and like do the whole inversion of gender roles where like the women seem like they don't have a big role but they really do and you don't expect it mm-hmm. but it didn't really work for her because of the way they were portrayed 
Um, I I would agree with that. I mean, I think it might have been different if it's. I mean, it's hard because we're seeing everything through Miles, mm-hmm. and every you know every book is is every book every society in this world is painted through Miles's view. So if we had gotten a book from you know Hote Ryan's point of view it might have been very different and we she might be like my favorite character right now right but like yep. you know all i you know all i know is that ryan is you know she's Ryan, marvelously Miles, beautiful she's marvelously beautiful she wears white she they have really long hair that trails on the floor which is weird yeah um, I, I like the i imagine them being like barefoot in their long white yeah. robes and their hair just gets caught in their feet like ugh. and they've like i want to know how long does it take to dry wash and dry their hair or do they like do oh their jeans God. do they like fix their jeans so that you don't have so to it's self-cleaning I, hair <laughs> I, I mean that would be amazing because i have long hair and it's super bright colors right now it's purple and pink <laughs> and the upkeep on this yeah like hair washing day and i never was thinking this to myself today was a hair washing day <laughs> and um i always thought that line you hear in 60s movies oh no i've got to wash my hair like that's the dumbest excuse ever no it's really not it's it's not yeah it's not not it takes me like an hour minimum (laughs) to wash condition and dry my hair yeah and it's only like down to my like mid back can you imagine Mm. but i'm sure you have servants yeah like oh yeah they have like tons of servants but But can you imagine just sitting there while people spent two three hours on your hair no i got more i mean i guess i've got shit to do but you know right but i guess if you're a hope woman you don't have shit to do except Mm -hmm. you run the gene bank so maybe you do yeah yeah i don't know it's very it was all very confusing yeah (sighs) okay so So let's let's talk plot real quickly so um the whole thing starts off with Miles and Ivan going to uh, Setaganda for they're they're the Barrarian representatives for the Dowager Empress Lisbeth Dejtiar's funeral. Yes, um, Dowager being mother of the Emperor, I guess. Um, it's, yes. it's really weird how their whole like m- marriage, not marriage, like. Oh, that's all Parenting. super weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, and you don't have to have sex. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's fine. Like, I think I, I want to live in a society where we have babies via unireplicators, and just have well, sex yeah. for fun. But like the whole like, you know, they don't necessarily get married, but then sometimes they do, and they have kids, but not necessarily out of those marriages. I'm like, right. this is way too complicated. This is, you all, guys. I, this is very confusing, guys. <laughs> but whatever, it works for them, I guess. Um, I mean, they've built, they have a, a whole bunch of satraps, right? They have yeah. like eight planets, and they have a whole empire. Yeah, so eight planets. Something is yeah working so, for them. So here's the there's here's another thing going back to the world building. Whenever I think about like, th- so there are two th- there there's a bunch of different planets in the Frakosian series. Um, mm-hmm. We know sort of how Barayar was founded. 
you know, we know there were the original settlers and then they were cut and off. And then time of isolation. Yeah. And, um, yep. There's lots of other little planets um, that sort of exist by themselves, like the, the planets from the Hegan Hub from Vorgame. Um, there's Escobar. Um, uh, Kibudani is another one that uh, is mentioned. Yeah, there. it's mentioned later on. Um, but um, but then we've like the two other big society or beta colony, which is the first colony. Obviously, um, it's easy to figure out how that was. You know, the formation of that. Right. But then we've got the two big ones: Jackson's Hole and Cityganda. What I want is like a just a history of how the hell these societies came to exist. <laughs> came about, yeah. Like, I want to know who settled Cetaganda first. Like, who settled there first? What was the first planet settled? How they expanded? How they built the empire? How their society got from people from Earth, I'm assuming, to this <laughs> or right. did they or did they come from beta colony or any of the other planets that were settled right did they branch out from there like how did we and how many thousands of years has this been going on yeah i mean i don't know if it's thousands of years because i believe i've read that the series takes place like a thousand or so years after like present day um so which okay. is a lot but it seems like not enough time for Cetaganda to happen. Um, and the same, <laughs> the same with Jackson's hole. Like you haven't really, um, I can't, did you, have you read any of the novellas? Um, the miles I read novellas? mountains of morning. Okay. Uh, but I think that was the only one on the list. Okay. I'm going to assign you that. Well, we ha we're going to talk about the other two next month. So you'll have to read those. But Okay. So I obviously have to read those. Yeah. Cool. But, um, but so those deal more with Jackson's hole. Um, and, and you, you've, you've met, so you've, you kind of like got more with Jackson's hole in mirror dance and you'll get yes, more of it yes. later in the book. But like Jackson's hole is also like cray cray. <laughs> like yep. they have all of these houses and like it's really much like a court not not corporate society but capitalistic basically like you can pay people to arrest other people for you and yep. they, they can pay more to get out of it <laughs> like i want to know how this formed and i'm assuming it's from earth because jackson's hole jackson hole like it's, yeah you know yeah. Did people in Wyoming just settle space and go crazy? <laughs> well, that would kind of make sense because you've got the sort of Wild West. Um, yeah. Like, but Jackson, ja uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming is not the Wild West anymore. It's no. like the nicest, most yeah. expensive. It's like a full on. It's ridiculous to stay there. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. But it is not the Wild West. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, the houses there start in the millions, plural. <laughs> God. I mean, that does kind of make sense for Jackson's whole beret. Well, a little bit in terms yeah. of finances, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I basically, I just, I, as a historian, 
I I love like science fiction like world building and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then my problem comes is I want to know how everything got the way it is, and sometimes right. that's just not as interesting stories. But I still want to know. But you're like, but I need <laughs> to know these things. I need to know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway. Ivan and Miles get attacked. That's as far as we've gotten in the plot. <laughs> That's fine. That's like the first five pages. <laughs> we had a lot of other things to talk about. But yeah. yeah. They get attacked. Um, also, question, why did anyone think it was a good idea to send Miles and Ivan, and Ivan to be together representatives without a, a chaperone? Like, what were they thinking? Is, is this some sort of sick joke on Errol's point of view? <laughs> like, uh, a test? I don't know, but uh, clearly someone was not thinking. Because I'm like, if I want to think of who I want to send to to be my representatives at a funeral, like, a very important... Or maybe it was, like, a way for them to sort of um, insult Cedaganda? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you do have to think about, like, Going back to the royal wedding, <laughs> the new duke and duchess have to assume royal duties. Yes. You know, they have to start doing things. Yeah. But, like, I would never send Miles and Ivan together. <laughs> yeah. One or the other, fine. Yeah. Together? Oh, my gosh. They're only going to get into trouble. I know. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, I'm glad whoever decided... I wish that had been, like, a little secret scene at the end. Like, whoever yeah. set it up. Maybe it was Gregor just effing with them. <laughs> uh, that that seems more in character. Or, or it was um, Errol and Cordelia. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, the boys really need to start learning how, you know, to do this. This is an easy thing. Yeah. There, there's, there's not even really any diplomatic stuff they have to do. They just have to show up and not screw it up. Sleep with girls, <laughs> right? Which was really funny. I do hope we, that's not in the show notes that I'm looking at, but we really should mention that scene with Ivan. Oh yes. So, um, they they get attacked by um a a Senegandan per- person that they do not know yet. Um, but they the the person basically um. You draw they they think it, they think it has a gun, but and, and I'm using it because that is the pronoun used in the book. Um, I I have issues with it, but that but it makes sense in this world. So that is what we will use. Correct um, as a as a note um, on pronoun usage. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah. So. Ivan acquires a stunner. Miles acquires a mysterious object. He has no idea what it is. They do not report this much to Ivan's chagrin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Poor Ivan. Yeah. Ivan Poor in this book is just like, Ivan. I know. It's so funny because I was reading a little bit of, I was skimming through some parts of Captain Verpatrol's Alliance mm-hmm. to like try to find some, some like things. And I ended up skimming through a lot of it. And I'm like, Ivan, you've come so far, <laughs> but he I can't still wait gets to into grown-up Ivan. He still gets into he still gets into crap. Um, so they go to the they start going to their funeral duties. They go to the Brayern Embassy and meet um, uh, Ambassador Ver- Verebiev. Um, yes, 
and start doing their duties. Um, also, I did not mention her in the notes, but I love Mia Maz so much. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> I'm really sad. Like, she doesn't have anything to do in later books but like i i love her she is like she's from vervain and she which which briar helped in war game as you will remember uh-huh. and she's basically like the protocol ex- expert for women on setaganda which is a really hard job and like because it's so confusing yeah and they're like miles is like why don't you like hire her away or like hire a get a recommendation for a woman and Mm -hmm. you know fast forward later at the end verabiev um asks her to marry him so miles is like well i guess you've recruited her now (laughs) (laughs) but it's sweet because like because you're getting this book from miles's point of view you're not really seeing that they're in a relationship but you can get sort of little thing like the way they look at each other and the way mm-hmm. they like she puts her hand on his arm i'm like oh they're totally a thing and then i got to the end and i'm like yep 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 i see i didn't pick up on that uh, until and then i had to go back and like rethink about it after that proposal i was like did that just come out of nowhere <laughs> what just happened no but yeah, I really, I really love her, and my cat is Maz, so I love, I, no. I like her even more. Different, different Maz, different but, Maz, you know. but you know, same difference. Yep. So they are at one of the funeral uh, events, and they Miles goes off on his own because that's what he does, uh-huh. and he finds the attacker. Um, who is the Ba Lura and the Ba are like the servant class of Brayar. They are uh, No, they're on Cedaganda. Sorry, Cedaganda, yes. Uh they're the, the servant class. They are genderless and basically um used as a way to test out new genes for the host. Yep. Um and they're servants to the different like con uh consorts and this um the one who attacked them is is killed or and they say it's a suicide and Miles is like I don't think mm, so I don't think so so um then Miles is brought to meet with the Hote Ryan Dejtiar who is the handmaiden of the Star Crush which is where they keep all of their genetic material for the Sedagandan Hote um which seems like a, a you know big deal right um there is a throwaway mention to Every year, the there's they take the journey from like the the um the planets to the capital, and how that's like the weirdest um like courier uh, journey of the year. Uh-huh. Um, keep this in mind for a later book. <laughs> it's foreshadowing, <laughs> but I was like, huh. Yeah, that's interesting how it's like one of those throwaway lines that she uses later on in a in another. And then another. it all ties it back together. Yeah. So um he learns of a larger mystery involving the previous Dowager Empress wanting to make duplicates of the Star Crush and distribute them to the how do you pronounce that word? Sat uh, in the Grover says Satrap. Okay, see, I say Satrap, but Satrap. Okay, so the Satrap governors, um, and giving them like copies of the Great Key. So Miles realizes the key that he has is fake, and one of the governors has the the real key, the real one. Yes, and they need to get it back. 
um, before before this whole like se- you know before the end of the funeral period. Yes, because then they actually they're during the funeral period they're not doing any uh, genetic work. Yeah, and if, the governors are all there, and when this is over, they're going back to their planets. So right, so it's a limited amount of time in which to solve this. Yeah, so Miles basically. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Oh no, I'm gonna say so. Miles basically takes it upon himself to help Ryan in like the nine days, and it's very stressful. Right, and part of the reason that he decides to help her is how old is he in this book? Twenty two. Twenty two. And he sees the hot Ryan Degtiar and is just immediately in love with her. Yeah, I like, don't like young Miles. <laughs> I don't really. I mean, I, I mean okay. I do like we, young did we Miles. like twenty-two-year-old boys when we were twenty-two? No, I mean I right. like young Miles, but he he falls in love so much. Like going through Warriors Apprentice with him, like Gaga over Elena. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. Vorgame is is better because he's not like gaga over her the whole time. Like he's only with her for some parts of the book, and when he like. And he's also so worried about Gregor, he doesn't have really have time to think about like, oh, I still love Elena. But yep. um, but then like Ryan, it's like, oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> and he just fawns over her. Yeah, it's like, not every, cute. Every ten seconds, he's thinking about her and her beauty and her perfectness, and I just kind of want to smack him. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry. 100 Sorry, young Miles. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. <laughs> I like you when you get older. Yeah. I mean, when he's older, it's like, even in like Brothers in Arms, like he, 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 he has later relationships that are more uh, mature, but even then it's like, okay, stop being such a dork. <laughs> well, there's so many, we had so many texts between us that are like miles miles Miles, why (laughs) yeah yeah i mean even sadly even when miles is like 30 and like trying to woo um a nice little a cateran he's a dumbass (laughs) yeah i think that's just i think that's just who miles is (laughs) yeah it is oh dear Um, we love you miles workos again we do but you're you're i mean Ivan is the idiot, but sometimes I think Miles is the idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, Miles is, yes, particularly when it comes to women. Yeah. Because a lot of this could have been avoided if he hadn't decided to play the hero <laughs> Yeah, for Ryan yeah. to, like, show off how smart and clever and yeah. fabulous he is. To be fair, he is smart and clever and fabulous. He absolutely is. <laughs> and that's the problem. Is. yeah. <laughs> But it, yeah, no, you're right. That is the problem. There are some really great lines about Miles in The Flowers of Ashnoy. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, where I was just kind of like, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Dead uh, on. Yep. Dead. Yeah. yeah. So they, there are a series of attacks in this book. Like the one where Miles gets his leg braces heated up is, mm-hmm. is genuinely horrifying. I felt so terrible for him. Yeah. Um, because, like, this is, like, his big, like, uh, self-conscious thing. Like, his his appearance and his braces at this point in time. He's still wearing braces. Um, but, um, and then the, the thing with the carpet, when, like, 
they almost the stupid guy Yanaro basically almost blows them up um and they realize that there is a conspiracy going on to basically incriminate Burayar and like make them realize make them look guilty for doing this so they can start a war yeah yeah um so Miles and Ryan have several other meetings um and (laughs) I love Miles going off with Pell on her like riding on her float chair yes and when she jumps off the roof the roof oh my gosh (laughs) I'm like I like you Pell yeah yeah, she she was a fun lady. Yeah. Um so they deser- determined that one of the Hoach um governors, Ketty, is the culprit. Um and Miles and the Hoach Pell go to rescue uh Nadina, who is Ketty's consort. Um which is not like a consort as in like a a, a typical consort, but rather like she's in charge of that um that planet star crush basically right um so they come up with this plan to get miles to his ship um because they have uh captured ivan basically or one of the hoats um like one of there's a there's a former hoat who's like been married off to one of the gem um which is like a way to a reward and both punish the gem (laughs) right um all at the same time yeah and she's impersonating nadina and she gets ivan like she basically knocks him out and miles happens to see this and tells all of tells ryan like we need we need to get ivan back so all of the hot women the like the consorts get together like basically corner this woman with their bubbles (laughs) Yep. <laughs> and like they have this big confrontation and they decide they figure out a way to they're basically going to have Pell pretend to be this this woman, the, the this other woman. This I can't other, remember her name. Yeah. So they they go up to Ketty's ship and they're going to try to f- find Nadina and the that great key. The 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 real great key. So um they they find Nadina. Uh she is uh tied to the floor by her hair with some sort of vice thing, which is yeah. horrible. That was also weird. And then Miles is like, you have to cut your hair. And they're like, no. No. And I we have, don't do that. And I have very conflicting feelings about what happens next. On the one hand, Oh my god, just freaking cut your hair, you're gonna die. On the other hand, Miles, you do not have permission to cut that woman's hair, and it makes me very uncomfortable that you did so without her consent. <laughs> yeah, but also in life or death situations. I know, like I I feel like at some point someone has to be like, We're all gonna die if you don't do this. I know. I understand intellectually, but it was also like uh, consent. Yeah. yeah. I know, but that gets like yeah. that kind of thing gets a little blurry for me <laughs> when like you all if you just want to die you go ahead but if you doing that kills everybody else yeah it's no longer your i just never want to be tied to anything by my hair this is why uh, i like no. short hair <laughs> i definitely do not ever want to be tied to anything yeah by my hair 
So they end up getting Nadina. They get the great key. Um, and but then they are confronted by Ketty. Um, and nearly killed. Miles has this fabulous idea to get the key and like stick it in the the float chair and put the bubble up around it so no one can get to it. Uh-huh. And at the same time, he sends out like all the information over the comms somehow. So all of the ships in orbit are getting this. <laughs> And they're trying to get in the bubble and they're like, we can't get in. What's happening? And they're like, we're going to kill you. And Miles is like, whatever, at least it's worth it. (laughs) And so they're like trying to figure out what to do with all of this data that's being uploaded. And Miles is lying on the floor, only one looking in the direction of the door, realizing that someone's trying to get in. And then Benin and um veridai and uh ivan lurking in the background come in to save the day and yeah they come in like the cavalry yes and we find out that the um one of the generals the gem general uh is in on this conspiracy and um so benin is promoted to be gem general um uh, Miles meets with the Hot Woman and the Emperor Fletcher Fletcher Giaja. Um, yep. He meets with him by himself and awards him the Setagandan Order of Merit, which is the highest honor you can get as a Setagandan. Um, or and- as, an, as a non-Setagandan, right? Like, yeah, it's the highest order. Or now I can't remember because I'm getting confused with actual military. Yeah, I think I think and I think it's for Sitagandans, but I mean you can give it to a non-Sitagandan. But the okay. the big thing is like Miles as a Berearian to have this as an award for saving the Sitagandan Empire is not something he wants to flaunt ever. Right? Um, Never. He nope. Mm-mm. It's basically a bribe to shut him up. <laughs> And it's brilliant. And I, I, I had weird feelings about this emperor, but I, after this, I'm like, you are a smart dude, smart man, <laughs> smart man. Because I mean, like the whole. I mean, and it's. I mean, it's really fitting because Miles is doing this all for his pride and to impress Ryan, and like trying to prove that he can do this mission on him by himself and not call in Impsec and. All of this, and then he can't tell anyone about it. Yep. He has to just keep it quiet forever. Nobody can know. And that's the worst thing for Miles. For Miles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it's actually really interesting, you know, fitting for him because as he grows older in Imsec, he has a job where he can't talk about what he does like even as Uh a if even if he wasn't just a courier officer he can't talk about it and that's why they use that as you know his official job because he can't talk about it and he can't talk about what he's doing as um admiral naismith right um so he gets to the point where he's like you know 28 29 years old and you know, has nothing to show about it to the outside world. 
Meanwhile, he's saved Barrer, like, I don't know how many times. 20 times yeah. by that point. But, like, yeah. he has all these, like, awards and decorations. And, um, you know, he he still hasn't been promoted captain, like, to, to captain, like, years later. And he's like, you know, what is this going to happen for me? Right. Um, and, and, but... But the thing that's so interesting to me about all that is that, like, his official ranking is nothing, basically. But his, Mm -hmm. but he's an admiral. He's an admiral in his other life, and like, it's it starts off as just a ruse, like a you know, Admiral Naismith is something he just conjures out of thin air. But he becomes Admiral Naismith, like the time by the time, like. You know, you're reading Mirror Dance right now, but like mm-hmm. he is Admiral Naismith. Like he has more combat experience than most people in the Baran military. Yep, and, and he's a damn fine commander, and he can't talk about it. Um, yep, and he knows that it's not tenable that he can't say this. You know, he can't say Admiral Naismith forever. And um, you know, one of the reasons I love Memory so much because it takes all of these themes and just crushes them together and it's just like sort of the deconstruction of miles mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's such a good book <laughs> well, i'm excited to get like there. i'm I mean, actually really enjoying this one that's good yeah i mean i i love civil campaign for for what it is but i think like i think memory memory might be up there as one of my my favorites because it's it's just such a good character study of miles um and you know it it takes all of these stories like stuff from Warriors Apprentice all the way up to that point in time even you know mm-hmm. even Setaganda and has you know there's a, there's an interesting bit in that book where this the order of merit comes back into play. <laughs> it's a oh, really interesting. Great scene. Well, I knew once he shoved it in a drawer or whatever he did with it, he tried to hide it. It's, I was like, well, that's gonna. It's come Chekhov's back. gun. Like it yeah, has to come back later. Um. So yeah, that is the plot of City Ganda. <laughs> um. It's you and know. It's not our favorite, but there are but, uh, good but you things do about still it. Need to read it. Yeah. And it adds the to overall, the world. It really does. It adds to my And there are bits of it that I really did enjoy very much. And this is when I really started to like Ivan, because it's really the first time you get an extended period with Ivan. Uh-huh. Um, and it really made me want to read more about him. And like, th- we have to talk about the part <laughs> with his orgy. <laughs> so funny. So the way to discredit Ivan Vorpatrol is to apparently f- feed him some sort of anti-prophylactic. <laughs> not anti-prophylactic, anti-aphrodisiac. We're like, yeah. he basically, he. so my Ivan is getting all of these invitations from these gem ladies because he's so dreamy, which he is. I mean, he's a dish. But... but- Miles is like, this seems kind of excessive. What is going on? <laughs> but so he gets, you know, invited upstairs with these two ladies at a party. And of course, Ivan goes upstairs with both of them. Like, he's 22. Of course, he's going to. Um, and he comes back later on, like, dazed. And Miles, like, demands to know what happened. And he's like, I couldn't perform. <laughs> And Miles is like, what? So apparently the guy, uh, Yanaro, 
you know, there was a um, a drink and it was with something that made he him. spiked it, yeah, basically. He spiked it, made him unable to get it up. <laughs> and um, so he. But Ivan, being Ivan. Was like, uh, well, these two ladies are here. Um, it reminded me of the episode of Friends when Joey was doing some sort of study and couldn't, um, couldn't, uh, reach climax. (laughs) And, um, so he was dating this lady and he basically was just like, no, this is all about you. Yep. That is exactly (laughs) what it was. So those two ladies were like... Ivan for Patrol is dreamy. Yeah, so he basically, um, you know, pleased them. And but, like, all night long Because is the he had to fall, like, he's like, I had to make them fall asleep. <laughs> uh, um, maybe that's why I like Ivan so much. Yep, and that is exactly, and all the ladies are like, all the ladies in the yeah. audience reading this are like, oh. Yeah, and all the ladies in Sidigan are like, Oh, right. So he exactly. gets all of these invitations afterwards, which is too funny. Oh, God, it's so funny. It was it's just a great character moment for Ivan because <laughs> he's also like because that wasn't what he had set out to do. No, <laughs> right? I mean, like he just wants to get laid and then like he ends up becoming the love, the brayer and love God. And he's like, right. wait, no, now I yeah. have these expectations. And if you know anything about Ivan, he does not he does have not want to have any expectations. expectations. No, nope. <laughs> like he wants to do everything adequately, like not be noticed, good or bad, just, mm-hmm. you know. He's going to seduce the ladies. He just wants to, like, hang out and, like, do his menial task. Yep. Do his job. Go home, get laid, go to sleep. Yep. But he ends up becoming, like, the love god, which most people would be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And he's like, oh, no, now I have to perform well. But I don't really (laughs) want that, guys. That's not... That's not what I wanted. Uh, I love you so much, Ivan. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, wor- world building. Sidagandans are weird. <laughs> They're super weird. They're super weird. It's fine. It's sci-fi. It's supposed to be weird. Um, uh, I really want to know how many missions Miles has been on now. Because it's been two years since the war game, so he has to have been on some missions with the Dendari. Dendari. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I don't know. I, be- I don't know that it mentions anything about that. And I believe at this time, the um, this is around the same time that uh, Ethan of Athos is taking place, and Ellie Quinn, who is um, from the Dendari. Is uh-huh. in is the one of the main characters in that book, and apparently she is very infatuated with Miles in that book. Um, in Ethan of Athos, yes. Oh, neat. I might need to go back and actually read that one. Um, but yeah, so so I would assume that they've he's been with the Nindari some more. If Ellie has gotten to this point, like I mean, I know she likes him in Warrior's Apprentice, but like, right? You know, um. So yeah, I think I think that's about it. Anything I, else? We I mean, need to I don't mention? think I have anything else. Nope. All right. 
I'm really excited to get to Brothers in Arms because the next three books are just, they're such a good arc. And, uh, I am, I'm loving this whole, I mean, I don't like Mark, but. (laughs) Oh, but. Oh. I mean, I can see where we're going and how yeah. we're going to get there, Yeah, but I'm not there yet. It's right now, Mark, I just, I, like, I'm not going to say anything, but he's... Yeah, Mark is hard I, to love at... Mark is hard to like when you first yes. meet him. He's hard yes. to like, um, but he is, he is actually one of the... One of my favorite character arcs from the series, like... Well, I mean, we're... Um, Right now, I'm just mad at him. I mean, yes, and you should. Like, very much, you should be. 100%. <laughs> yeah, right now, particularly after what just happened. Uh, I'm yeah. like, I know. Uh-uh. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thanks for joining us for episode five of the Vercosa cast. We had a great time. We did. Uh, next month, we will be discussing uh, Brothers in Arms and with miles and ivan getting into more shenanigans so many shenanigans and this time on earth (laughs) good times bye bye guys the vercosa cast is a tashi station podcast brought to you by you our patreon subscribers Visit patreon.com slash TashiStation for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at NancyPants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward momentum! 